Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and on this episode of In the House, we're going to be talking about what to do if your air conditioner won't cool your home evenly. I think you know what I'm talking about. Let's go. In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. I appreciate you tuning in, listening to the show, watching the show, however you're consuming it today. I'm joined by Richard Bunker. He's been in the HVAC industry for over 20 years, and uh, he is currently the manager over the HVAC service and maintenance departments at Any Hour Services. A couple of weeks ago, Richard, uh, when we had those first, that first really hot spike where it went up into, you know, Almost a hundred. I don't remember. Did it actually? I don't hit think we hit a hundred. I, I don't think it it did. everybody was like you know tripping, thinking that it was going to. But it was that first really hot heat where everybody's like, ah. Anyway, it was going to be hitting over the weekend. So I texted a few friends. This was on a Thursday or Friday because it doesn't fail with the relationships that I have and stuff. Whenever somebody's air conditioner breaks, if they know me, they're texting me, being like, Mike, what's up? <laughs> And so anyway, so I was trying to be proactive this time. So I texted a couple of people and and said, hey, is your air conditioner working OK? It's going to be really hot this weekend. And everybody's was working OK. But one of my friends, they text me back and they said, uh, yeah, it's working. But part of my house is too cold. And another part is not cold enough. We have to crank up the air conditioner uh, in to get it cool enough in the spot where we spend time it ends up like freezing us out in these other areas so i know that this is a very common issue so i wanted to talk about that today because i wanted to figure out if there's something we can do to fix it well i'm glad i'm not the only one that gets those text messages and phone calls from friends i can only imagine (laughs) with you like see i get the texts because like i you know, represent any hour services out in the world. And they assume that like, oh, well, since any hour services does it, Mike must know everything. You actually do know everything. That's why you get the text from everything. But <laughs> yes, I do get that. Hey, it does this. I'm like, I have no idea. Like I'm going to need a meter, but yeah, yeah I'm glad right? you get those questions too. So, yeah, uh, so much so that I actually ended up making a YouTube video specifically for like, hey, if you're, uh, I think it may have been furnace or air condition. What if this isn't working? Here are the steps you need to try first, and then you can call like a, a service pro. So now when they text me, <laughs> I, I shoot them a link to that video. Can you share with me that link? <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely. Um, anyway, so knowing this, uh, we have a pretty big following on TikTok. We've got almost sixty three thousand followers there. Oh, wow. So I I actually went to TikTok, made a little video, and said, "Hey, I want to get you guys' opinion out of everyone that uh, is a homeowner that has a Uh, air conditioner does it cool your home evenly or does it not what do you think the response was probably not that was the overwhelming response that i got is that most people's uh they're frustrated because you know it's either i got multi-levels and it's cold in the basement hot in the attic or i've got this one side of the house so we know that it's a common issue what i want to ask you richard is why is it so common that people experience uneven temperatures in their house most of the time it's the ductwork in the house isn't designed properly. You, you think of a house that has to have so much heating and cooling to maintain the temperature. Well, rooms are the same way. They've got to have so much heating and cooling per room to maintain temperature. If they don't have that, you're, that's where you get your hot and cold spots from. The ductwork design just isn't up to you know par or whatever you want to call it 
to handle the the heat and the cold for it. That's that's the real reason they get hot and cold spots. That seems like a pretty uh, fundamental thing if you were building a house that uh, someone should be in charge of making sure that the ductwork uh, is the way that it's supposed to be. How how does this become this big of an issue? Well, <clears throat> you look at what's happening in the world today. Everyone's going for efficiency and you know the EPA. We got to get fuel mileage. We're trying to get everything we can out. <clears throat> so as the HVAC industry continues to get better, there's getting things that are better as well, like you know making sure that that is. But you know, heating and airs. You look back, you know, hundred years ago, whatever it is, the main thing was: do you have a roof over your head, and do you have some sort of a heat? They weren't too picky. And I think we, in general, just get so accustomed to having, you know, more things that we like and we notice. But ductwork design, contractors go and they buy eight by twenty inch duct, six inch pipe, and that's what you're getting in every home. Where, you know, some rooms need more vents, they need larger vents, and that just in the past hasn't been really a focus on contractors so much as get them heat, get them cooled, call it a day. So in the past, was it that uh, people weren't doing the uh, heat load calculations or whatever math no, needed to be not. done? Definitely they they weren't doing no. that. So it was literally get a vent in each room. Yes. Let's keep people from dying in the extreme temperatures. You show me a house that's built in the 90s and early 2000s or 80s, you're 8 by 20 duct, 8 by 20 drop, 6 inch pipe to every room. Got That's, it. It's going to have one room, typically one vent per room. Now, if you've got two vents, man, you really had a builder that went out of his way. <laughs> <laughs> or or it was a big room and they were worried about not having yeah. enough air in there. Yeah, the heat loads wasn't a big thing. It wasn't required by code, so they're going to do the minimum. But yeah, luckily, you know, my entire career, it's been heat loads every house during new construction per room, how much. So I've been pretty fortunate to have that in my entire career. Well, I, I know I have a friend that actually just recently built their house. And uh, when they had one of our service guys come out to actually do a tune-up, they talked to him about, like, you don't have enough vents or returns in this place. Like, is it – how does that sneak through? Or should it not be? Or, like, what's – Well, from – we don't do new construction. Sure. No, but yeah, from, what nuts that did it. So from my understanding is now every house should have a heat load on job. It should be in their packet of the code and everything like that. So a building inspector that doesn't fully understand what all that means, mm. he's going to be like, okay, it's here. Great. On to the next one. They're not going to understand what all those numbers and everything means. So got it. Every once in a while you do run into a code inspector that used to do heating and air. And I've run into those guys and Hey, this and this and this like, well, here's the information. Okay, perfect. So, Hopefully, if you're looking for maintained temperature in your house, you've got an inspector that's going to know what all that means or a contractor that's going to really care about their work. Well, here's the thing. If it's if the issue is, if the root cause is with essentially like one of the like foundational things when you're building your home, like what, what does it take to actually fix the issue if an air conditioner isn't cooling your home evenly. Uh, it's going to take evaluation of the room. <clears throat> a couple years ago, I had a cousin of mine build a house up here and he had a new construction built. Uh, he wanted me to come look at it. And after, right before he moved in, I, he gave me the heat load. The contractor did do the heat load, but the problem is the heat load, the, the adjustments weren't properly. So like the numbers they had there weren't actually what they did. The ductwork just didn't match up. And I told him, I said, you're going to need another vent and a return in here because of these reasons. This is a west room. It's your master bedroom. You got a lot of big windows. This heat, this, it just will not cool down. 
I don't know, for whatever reason, the builder didn't come back and add it. And definitely it was hot. And guess what happened after he moved in? The contractor had come in and add an extra vent up in an attic and a return. And that's what really helped it. Hmm. Um, I think that it is, is every situation different? Yeah. Yeah, it can be. You know, it, if your house is getting, getting spots that are, like you said, hot or cold, the answer that I hear, you know, our customers everyone say is, I just need a bigger unit. You're still going to have those hot spots and those cold spots. Now, could it be undersized and you have one room that's doing a good job? Sure. Now, typically it's going to be your ductwork, but odds are it's not the size of the house unless the whole house is, you know, getting hot. And it's it's my understanding that um, the units that you put in, they they have to move a certain amount of air out and a certain amount of air back. And if you put in a bigger unit, if your duct work is undersized, it's not going to be Correct. able to move the extra heat or remove the or, or inject the extra cooling into the home efficiently enough because your duct work can't yeah. handle that. Yeah, your duct work is a huge part of it. If you don't have the proper size duct work, you're not going to cool that spot. You need to. We need to take an evaluation, and see what we can do to upsize. Sometimes it's just you know one room. Maybe it's making a few changes, but. More more likely than not, it's going to be some ductwork issues than anything. Gotcha. Well, I think that a lot of people, um, they've kind of gotten used to this uneven temperatures around the house, and maybe they don't know that it can be fixed. So what should someone do if they want to get it fixed? Uh, definitely call us. Like, and if, if we have a you know one of our technicians out, the tune-up or a service or plumbing or whatever it is, ask the technician, say, hey, I've got these spots that are hotter or colder. Is there anything we can do? And if, you know, the technician out there isn't, you know, equipped with the right stuff, say it's a plumber, electrician, we'll get the right technician out there to evaluate it. Cause that's the big thing is like, what can we do? Cause you know, I don't know about you, but if I'm paying this much for a house, I want every room in my house to be comfortable. Cause we do find people that say, I don't even go in this part of the house in the summer. It's too hot. It's like, and, and that's not what we want. So definitely give us, you know, call or ask us. Yeah. And if, if you're in the Utah market, any hour services can definitely, you know, help and take care of that type of thing. But if you're not in Utah or if you're in Utah and you don't have any hour out, like you should feel comfortable having a conversation anytime that you have a technician into your home and that's what they're there for. And so if you're having your system serviced, which hopefully you're having done, you know, once or twice a year, once for the air conditioner, once for the furnace and just realize number one, those uneven temperatures, it doesn't have to be that way. Like that might be all you've ever known, but that's not necessarily, you know, in air quotes, it's not normal. And so it can be fixed. Actually, I guess it is normal if everyone's yeah, experiencing it's, it's, it, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. It is getting better in the industry, but definitely, you know, it's a little late now for a home that's built that's having those hot spots. Yeah. So have that conversation with an HVAC company. And speaking of that, how does a homeowner tell if the HVAC company that they're meeting with um, is going to be able to solve the issue of uneven temperatures in the house? If they're just kind of looking at it and say, nope, there's nothing you can do. Like that's, that's not going to be the one that you want. You know, there's going to be solutions and depending on what that is, I mean, it may be something that, you know, it's going to cost you a little more money, but there's always a solution. I've seen, you know, where we've taken closets. The big one is, is, you know, like a bonus room above a garage or something. And it's tough to get ductwork up there. It's like, by the time we get duct up, ductwork up there, it's not going to be any 
you know, enough air moving to really make an effect. But we've got other solutions as well to, you know, ductless splits and stuff like that that we could get into. But yeah. there, there's a solution. Well, it, we had a conversation before the show even started um, where it sounds like, I mean, just because a company is an HVAC company, and this is kind of why I bring this this uh, question up, not a lot of HVAC companies take the time to go in and focus on that type of solution. And I shared with you a story, um, a situation that happened to me years ago before any hour, uh, you know, offered HVAC services. I, I knew I was getting ready to finish my basement. And I also knew that like, hey, all of the duct work for the HVAC system is down in the basement. If I want to fix this, the time to fix it is now before I sheetrock everything. And so I had an HVAC buddy of sorts and had him come over and I said, hey, here's the situation. I've got this side of the house that does not, like in the winter, it's too cold. In the summer, it's too hot. And I feel like part of the issue is the the HVAC system. So I said, I am willing to rip every piece of ductwork out of this thing and put brand new ductwork in if it would solve the issue. So he went about like saying, okay, cool. Here's what we need to do. And essentially all he did was take out the old ductwork and put the same size <laughs> in just new ductwork. Like, I don't know if there was asbestos tape wrapped around it and it like messed with his thinking or something, but, <laughs> but like, you know, it, uh, it was extremely frustrating for me, uh, to find out the next summer that that didn't solve the issue. And so here's the question. What kinds of questions should a homeowner ask? Like, I'm trying to figure out, is there a way for them to tell like, how could I have known that this dude I would ask, didn't know what he was doing? I would ask him, you know, the, the sizing of the ductwork. Like, I would just ask, you know, hey, is the size of this, like you said, hey, I'm willing to do what's necessary to get this fixed. I would start with that. It's like, let them know, hey, I'm willing to do what's right to make this. Uh, I was at a house last last night with one of my technicians, and the way they did the ductwork, uh, yeah, it was a little questionable because they've had problems, and it's because of the way they did the ductwork with the homeowner. We're out there today fixing some stuff. He wanted to fix it properly, but ask, you know, what's it going to take first off to do this? And are you willing to, you know, maybe cut a little drywall, maybe a lot, depending on the situation. But if you've got like your basement, the ductwork's going to need to be bigger. You know, that, that room's going to need more. There's going to be more movement to there. There, there's not, it's not just a simple, Hey, eight by 20 duct, here's what it is. There's a big chart and there's a lot of calculations You'll want to, if you're going to go to that extreme, you're going to want to do like a heat load on your entire house room by room to make sure you get the proper. But if you're going to do just like one room, we're going to want to add a return. We're going to add a supply in there and we're going to want to make sure that the trunk line is big enough to handle that because it may not be able to, and it may, you know, take away from other rooms. Mm -hmm. So ask, you know, is the ductwork big enough and you know, what kind of, you know, demolition or drywall removal or whatever's going to be needed. Those, those are the questions I would start with. Gotcha. So maybe ask them, how are you actually determining yeah. Yeah, ask like him. that type of thing. How did you come up with that calculation that's going to cool my room? Like, where did you come? If the technician can't answer that question, then it's a guess. Yeah. And you as a homeowner don't necessarily have to know yeah. how to do the math, but you can ask some questions. And then the way that someone answers, you can tell if they're like making stuff up or they actually, uh, you know, know what they're talking about when it gets to the point where they have to answer those. In our, in, in our, our 
climate here in Utah, airflow and everything is everything. And we, we have to do certain things to get better airflow than say sea level. So we've got to make sure we do an exceptional job to make sure we've got that airflow good. Is it fair to say that it's not just that you need a new air conditioner if you don't address the root issue, which is most likely an airflow issue, that a new system isn't going to fix uneven cooling around the house? That's fair. I mean, a new system is going to help. You know, you've got a system that's not operating at full capacity and the blower's a little worn out. There's some restrictions or some design flaws right from the bat, you know, right there at the furnace and air conditioner or the, you know, the filter and everything. So a new system can help, but I I wouldn't necessarily say it's going to fix all problems. Well, when people get a new system, um, I don't think they always like have a conversation with the technician and explain, here are the things I like, here's what I dislike about how the system functions. And I think that most people assume that, Hey, whatever was wrong was probably because I've got this old system that isn't working the way that it should. And if I get a new one, all of those issues are going to magically go away. Like I think about a car, right? If you got an old car and it like pulls one way or the other, like when you go buy a new car, you expect everything to like be better mm-hmm. than your old car, right? I was just going to say that. You, you don't want to get the same system that works the same. Anytime you upgrade or get new, you want better. And that's the same with our heating and air system. Hey, so I've got this question. I am buying a house in Arizona. And like we've said before, any hour is based in Utah. And one thing I just found out that I thought was interesting and really cool was the house that I'm buying, the system has these flaps throughout the ductwork that will open and close and isolate specific zones in the house. And Arizona obviously is so hot that I feel like they're ahead, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, they're kind of ahead of the game as far as figuring out how to really fix these hot and cold spots, obviously hot spots in Arizona. But my question is, I don't know if I have a specific question, but is do we have anything like that in Utah or is that where the industry's headed where it's a little bit more sophisticated where we actually are cl- opening and closing specific zones in the house? So you're, yeah, you're talking about zoning and the, the job I was on last night was a zoning job and the motor was bad and it shut off some of it. So there's, there is a lot of that here in Utah as well, zoning. So it's not just Arizona, but I was, you know, lucky enough my entire career to deal with zoning. Zoning is more complex. You can't just throw those doors in the ductwork and call it a day like a lot of people do. You need to make sure because if you put, like we talked about earlier, if you've got enough air moving, you put a bigger unit in and you haven't addressed your ductwork, you have a problem. If you ever, you know, try to blow through a straw and pinch it off and then you can't get that airflow, that's the same with zoning. Anytime you close those little doors, You've got to have somewhere for that air to go, or you've got to have a system that can ramp down to different stages so you're not trying to force more air and burn up that motor. The same thing with air conditioning. If you've got a big house that's got to have so much cooling and you shut off half the zones, now that air conditioner is oversized and you can start sending liquid back to compressor and damaged compressor, you've got to have a staged furnace and a staged air conditioner to where it can ramp up and down depending on how many zones are calling. So that's the, the thing with with zoning is you got to calculate all this stuff and take in consideration. I'm going to have so many, so many zones closed. 
So I went from a hundred percent capacity of ductwork down to 60, 70, 30, whatever. I, I, I don't, whatever it is, you know, I've done zones with like nine thermostats on one furnace before, mm. you know? So we had to size it to our accordingly. It's like if three zones calling, does, can this furnace ramp up and down? That's where it gets into, you know, modulating furnace and modulating air conditioners and stuff like that. But it's definitely a more efficient system, but yeah, zoning, I, I like zoning. So if you're going to have a zoning, uh, system, do you have to have a furnace that is like a zoning furnace or that, does if do you, you, if you want to do it right? Yes. Okay. Well, where, where I was going with that is I'm wondering, is that a possible solution for people where you can come in and yes, it would cost extra if you're going to get like the electronics and the things to be able to communicate with the zoning board to be able to talk to the furnace, but is it not going to work if your furnace isn't a zoning furnace? So the, the communication's going to, going to be there. Like it's not a communication thing. It's going to be airflow. So I can make any furnace into zoning. There's a zone panel. Um, all the thermostats go to it. It's kind of the computer board. Then there's just one wire going to the furnace tells it, Hey, turn on and off. Got so the it. furnace doesn't actually know that it's being zoned. It just knows, Hey, turn on the heat, turn on the AC. That's all it knows. But it's a con- computer board that tells these doors to open or close thermostat. You know, I've done, for example, last night, the house, I think had two zones upstairs and downstairs and the upstairs one, half the dampers were broken and They've done a bypass damper, which a barometric, which I'm not a big fan of. I think the staging of the furnace is a better system. But anyway, so they kind of went the cheap way of doing it, the the builder. Mm. Uh, and it's going to do an okay job, but it's not going to be like it should be. Gotcha. I, you you mentioned there. But yes, it, it can fix those hot. Yes, definitely that's something if you've got rooms, you know, a master bedroom, something like that. I've got a story. Let me tell you a story. Yeah, tell me a story. So I had a store, a uh, home, man, it's been several years ago. Um, anyways, I I was called out to it because I was referred to it and they had, I don't even know how many companies come out and the zoning and all this and everything and nothing. The master bedroom never worked. It had its own zone. The zoning wasn't set up right. There's, temp- there's sensors that go in the ductwork that weren't installed properly. But what ultimately came about was the thermostat pin connector for the the cooling terminal was bent, not even making a connection. But they had this was a you know it was a, I think uh, I think that I can't remember how many zones I had like like five furnaces and like four or five thermostats per system. So like basically every bedroom has its own thermostat. It was a big house and but the the contractor did most everything right. There were just some things we had to adjust to make it properly. But they they don't have hot and cold spots. Hmm. If they've got a spot that's cold, they turn the thermostat up and they're set. So zoning is definitely an answer and it gets more involved in what needs to be done. But if you're looking for, hey, I want this temperature, whatever I want, zoning is going to be the answer. Well, I think that that concept of zoning is a big reason why a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm not going to put in all this fancy stuff. I'm just going to go around the house and close vents. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm going to close vents and then that, yeah. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's a zone. I, I don't need a computer to do it. I'll, I'll go close off this bedroom that's they not may, being used. I've seen that the, there's a little registers that'll do that. They have their own thermostats. Really? And, yeah, they close off on their own. And I'm just thinking, I, I saw one online one day and how I'm like, it takes up half of the register. And then you're going to, what if they all turn off and you have one one vent open and then you get this big furnace and air conditioner trying to cool a house and that's going to kill blowers. 
Well, I, I want to talk, talk about this for just a second because, uh, I one, it's that's another super common thing that people do. And I think they do it because they're trying to figure out how do I, you know, work with this existing system that I've got. And so uh, it's a common thing that everyone does. But in the industry, knowing how the system works, technicians know that like, that's not good for the system because we talked, it's a closed system. It's supposed to move a certain amount of air out and bring that same amount of air back so that it can like work properly. And when you start putting things in the way and restricting the airflow, it makes it so that one, you're not getting all of the air back to be able to have it conditioned. And your system is having to work harder because, or it's not able to remove the heat. Like there's all kinds of problematic things with doing that, but People are going to do it. So let's give them like a safer way to go about doing that. So if you've got a house and you've got a section that you want to shut off, like you said, furnaces and air conditioners are designed to move so much air. They've got to move that or they're going to, you're going to wear and tear the system and you're going to shorten the life. So if you want to close a couple vents, two, maybe three, you know, 20%, if that, you might be okay. But I mean, that's, you know, disclaimer there. Even that might be a little much. If you've got a, a contractor out there, a heating air contractor out there specifically during the summer and you want to close vents, you let them know, hey, I want to close a couple vents. Then we can adjust the charge on the AC to make it a little better. Because if not, what happens is that airflow, our refrigerant is very temperamental. And if it doesn't go from a liquid to vapor properly, you're going to, that air conditioner isn't going to be running as efficient. So you've closed vents and now it's not the refrigerant isn't cycling properly. Now you've just made your air conditioner more or less efficient. And now you've got a hot room that's, you know, weren't putting that hot heat on that bedroom next to it or whatever. Now it's, that air conditioner is going to have to work overtime to maintain that. So I'm not a big fan of closing vents. Now in the basement where it gets really cold, that's an entirely different thing. But upstairs, I would, me personally, I wouldn't close a vent. So what I'll usually tell people is like, hey, if, if your system isn't functioning the way you want to, if it's not heating and cooling the way that you think it should be in the house, do this. Start with everything open. Yes. Open all the vents. Open all the doors to the rooms because sometimes people will close a door to a room and if there's not a return in that room, it can have a similar effect, right? Yes, correct. So, so open the doors, open the vents, go around, know where your return airs are and make sure they're not blocked, but then also go down, make sure you got a clean air filter. Yes. Run the system, see how it does. And then if you are like hell bent on closing off some vents because you are convinced that it's going to like do that job. Like you said, 20%, don't close more than 20% of the vents. If you've got 10 vents around the house, like my house isn't huge. I think I have 12, right? So two vents, don't close more than a couple of vents yeah. to like try and direct that air uh, to go into that room. And here's the, here's the tricky part about that because I actually, um, as I was like learning more about all this stuff and I'm like, I'm trying to be like the Mythbusters, you know, like, <laughs> like, oh, well, they say this, but everybody does this. Let's see what actually happens. Because the reason that people close the vents is they think it's going to force more air mm -hmm. into that room. I went on Amazon and I bought a little meter that has a fan in yep. it that measures the amount of air coming in. I Why don't you ask me? I have one of those. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I built a box. Maybe you're intimidating, Richard. <laughs> but... I don't know. I'm the, I'm that guy that like if I'm going to do a project and I have to buy a $700 tool and only use it once, but I know somebody that has one I can borrow, I'm like, I don't want to put them out. 
Guess I'll spend seven hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but if I can do it and not mess up the tool, I may or may not take it back. I don't. Anyway, so uh, so anyway, so I buy this little thing. I built a box. I put it over a vent. And I did it at my house. So I took a reading, and I don't remember exactly what the readings were. But I went to the next room. I closed the vent, expecting that like, oh, everyone thinks that it's increasing the amount of air going in. I expected it to decrease the volume of air coming out. Guess what? It went up. So How much did like, it go up? I, it was it was a little bit. Yeah, it's not that much. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's going to double or something. It's not going to double. It definitely wasn't double. But here's the thing. I went and I continued to close vents. Every vent that I closed, it forced more air up that vent. But here's the thing that people don't understand. Like, yes, it might push some more air up, but the damage that you're doing, yes. the, the negative effects are not worth that little bit of extra air that no, you're getting. In you're going to, you're going to increase that a little bit, but the wear and tear and on the pressure and all that, it's going to be more debt. You're not going to, every vent you say, if you close a vent, it's moving. I'm going to get into some numbers here, but like say 90 CFMs by closing that doesn't mean your next bedroom that you, and you, like you saw, it doesn't mean it's going to add 90 CFMs. That Correct. It, it may add five, six, whatever it is, but it's not going to increase it that much. It's not going to increase enough to cool that room. Right, right. So anyway, I just thought that was uh, that was interesting. I, I also would try and test it to see how much more uh, I could get out of the register when I like clean my filter. And so if your filter's dirty, that actually helps. That's going to be the, the big, airflow. big one. Is if filters, and it's good for the system. Yeah, filters are a big restriction. If you've got a home that's like you got a hot and cold spot. I would definitely not use a high allergenic filter because that's going to kill the airflow and really not going to move it enough. So I know that they make some really good ones, but it's going to do, it's going to restrict a lot of airflow. Yeah. When it gets small to trap those particles, it's going to, it's going to trap some of those uh, air particles too. <laughs> there's, there's some great technology out there that you don't need to kill your airflow to, to get those stuff. So here's, here's what I want to do. Uh, it sounds like, the biggest issue with this is um, duct work, you know, is is the main culprit uh, when you have uneven temperatures around the house. Um, but I want to go over a few things that because I don't want people to like lose hope. Yeah, <laughs> I want to no. like give them a few things that they can do. There's to definitely try. some things that we can try. So, I, I mean, if you I, I do want to like give a disclaimer, though, first is that making sure that you have insulation in your attic and making sure that your windows uh, are energy efficient and that your house isn't super leaky. Um, those are going to make a huge difference. Those things actually work. Now, those are more expensive, you know, endeavors, major projects to try and change out your windows, but they, they do work and they do have an effect in a positive direction. But let's just say you've got a room or an area of the house that's getting warm. Things like, in the middle of the day when it's like 90 degrees outside or a hundred degrees outside, don't open the window. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> you know, keep the windows covered. If you've got shades and blinds and things like that, close them because that, that you think about your car, right? When the sun's beating down on the windshield, if you've ever gotten in after you've been in the store, it's like an oven. So like all of those, those sun rays, those UV rays hitting those windows, that's going to make a big difference. So keep them covered during the hottest parts of the day. If you've got a ceiling. You know, on that, Mike. Yeah. I would make sure to keep them covered anytime the sun hits it. Ah. That's what we hear a lot of times is that the room gets hot, then you try to cool it off, and it's already too late. You want to try to keep it cool the entire time. So before that sun hits that window, make sure those shades are, are drawn or drapes or whatever you have before gotcha. it gets to, before the sun hits it. 
That's a re- really good point. Um, if you've got a ceiling fan uh, to help circulate and move the air around, even though a ceiling fan does nothing to condition the air, uh, if it's hot enough that you're sweating, that air <laughs> hitting your skin and causing some evaporation is going to give you a, a cooling effect. Um, set your thermostat. I want to talk to you about this, Richard. Um, if you if your thermostat is set to auto where the big blower fan only comes on when the air conditioner or the furnace kicks on, you're only circulating the air when that big blower fan's running. If you take and you turn the fan mode, because usually you've got a, a temperature mode, like hot and cold mode, and then you've got a fan mode for either on or auto or, or off type of thing, um, switch the fan over to on so that it is constantly like circulating that air uh, throughout the house. But if you do that, Richard, give them a disclaimer there. You're, certain furnaces are designed to do that. So if you do that on a furnace that's not necessarily designed, when I say designed, it's not energy efficient. It's going to cost your utility bills to go up. Every region is different. I don't know what it's going to tell you to go up. But if you do it when it's not have an ECM motor, it's going to cost you more to, to operate that fan and that on on a situation. What do you want to call it? Yeah, when you just have the fan running yeah. constantly because that motor is a big energy draw. Yes. Do this if you want to know if your fan motor on your furnace, uh, which you know is the fan that's moving the air when you're running the air conditioner, if you want to know if it is the type of fan that you're okay to run all the time, next time you have your system serviced, uh, ask the technician, yeah. like, hey, is this, you said ECM, right? Mm-hmm. Electronic control module? Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. Fancy. That's what it means. <laughs> ECM. Fancy. Okay, so... Um, so set the thermostat, uh, the fan mode to on so that it's moving the air. And then we already talked about this a little bit, but go around the house, open up the doors uh, that to the rooms that aren't being used. Make sure all the vents are opened. And I, I actually would recommend doing this periodically. I've got kids and and I don't know why, but like I don't know if they're going around closing the vents or just from the vibration in the floor or them playing around. Like I'll bet it's kids closing them. Vents get closed. They throw their dirty clothes on the floor wherever they're at, and sometimes that happens to be over the top of a, a vent. Just make sure that your your vents are open and try running that, and then don't close more than 20% of the vents around the house. Um, we talked about have, making sure that you got a clean air filter, and then I this, this is going to sound like a – a plug like I'm trying to sell something, but I, I'm not, but like, make sure that you're getting your system serviced once a year, like anytime, like the manufacturers don't specify that it has to be at the beginning, middle or end of the cooling season, but just make sure sometime that you have your air conditioner serviced by a qualified professional. And, you know, it'll run you anywhere from, you know, 150, 99 bucks. I don't know how much it's going to cost you, but it's well worth it to kind of get a, um, a check of your system and to do those things that the manufacturers recommend. You know, a clean working furnace and air conditioner is worth the money in my, my in my mindset. It's why am I going to be miserable being home? That's where we spend most of our time. Let's make it operate properly. Let's make sure that that blower wheel is clean. It's moving the air that's supposed to be. Let's make sure that filter is designed properly, installed properly. It's not too thick. Like let's let's make sure we're doing things right. Yeah, like I don't begrudge the money that you spend to maintain the equipment. It's like, 
it's like changing the oil in your car. You know, it's going to help the car last longer, run better. Servicing your your air conditioner is the same way. It's going to help it last longer. And paying that hundred bucks a year to like service the air conditioner is way less than having to replace it. You know, five six years earlier than you would need to. Ten years earlier, if you maintain a a system and use it the way that it's designed to be. There's no reason it shouldn't last for a long time. You know, yesterday I was driving out to a job site and on the way my front left tire warning light came on and it said it was like 29, everything else or something like 30 and everything else was 35. And I'm like, eh, no big deal. I'll fix it. I'll get some error C. And then I watched it drop as I'm driving 28, 27. I'm like, oh crap, we got a problem here. So I'm, I got to the job site. I'm like, well, I'm going to have to fix a tire before I go to the tire shop. Luckily, we got it done in time to where I had like 16 PSI and the mm. tire shop was like two blocks away. So luckily, I got there and it's kind of the same situation. Like you don't want to be stranded with a broken furnace or a broken air conditioner during the, you know, the really cold or the really hot. That's not what we want because we want you to be comfortable in your home. For sure. And <clears throat> speaking of like a low tire, if you would have just left your car there and not drove it on a flat tire like the air may continue to go down Mm -hmm. but it's not going to necessarily damage the vehicle but as soon as you hop on the on the road if you're going slow like okay cool you get on a main street you get on the freeway once you start putting that thing under stress under pressure then you've got the potential of like causing some major damage on the hottest days of the year, that's when your air conditioner is working the, that hard. And so it's a, it's a very similar thing. Yeah. I, I tell you what, normally we charge 99 bucks to come out and, and service a, a, a system, whether it's a furnace or an air conditioner. If you're listening to the podcast right now and you live in Utah and you're in our service area, call us up. If you have not had your air conditioner service, call us up and say, hey, I heard Mike and Richard on the podcast if you can't remember our names just say you were listening to the podcast <laughs> and and we'll, we'll come out i'll give you 70 dollars off an air conditioner tune-up if you haven't had it done yet and we'll do it for just 29 bucks 30 bucks like well worth it right and so uh you know give us a call if you need to get that taken care of um richard you mentioned earlier you, you said the word cheap like you know there's people try and get away with the cheapest thing possible and i totally can I've got empathy for anyone that is trying to save money on these projects. I just went through a a kitchen. uh, Actually, it was multi rooms that we were modeling in my house and we were trying to be our own contractor. And I may have like been, I could be (laughs) guilty of trying to get the best deal on some of these things, but, uh, and I can't blame you. I don't, I don't, here's the thing though. After it was done, I was like, there were, there were, there was one instance where, I actually had to uh, pay more money to get it done. You know, I don't want to say the right way, but it was more like to get it finished. I couldn't get the guy back out, you know, to to do what he was uh, supposed to do. And so when you're going through this process, I just urge you to like try and find that balance. Because if you're out there just trying to find the cheapest, if you're replacing your system and you're trying to find the cheapest system you can get and get the lowest price that you can get, you usually get what you pay for. Would yes. you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, you definitely, price doesn't reflect the, the quality. And typically in my line of work, what I see, you either get quantity or not quality or you don't, or you get cheap. 
that yeah. you don't typically get both. You get one or the other. Right. There's there's a lot of difference in uh, what HVAC companies do, what the technicians know, the training, the process. And so that's why it's so important to do what Richard was talking about and just make sure that you are paying attention to what the technician that's in your home is saying. Ask them some questions. Even if you don't know the answer to them, ask the questions and see how they answer it and then pay attention to the way you feel. If somebody, like for me, talking to sheetrock guys, talking to cabinet guys, talking to uh, painters, flooring people, if you talk to five, you're going to know which ones seem like they know what they're talking about and they've seen that situation before and they just instill a lot of confidence in you like, ah, like he was a little bit more, but he definitely sounded like he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, if you've got a company that's willing to back it more, that's a big thing too. You know, I right now, I mean, we're 100 degree weather. I mean, I can't even tell you how many how many times my guys are on a, a new system, a year old or two years old, and the company's out of business or they won't come back out or they're, or whatever. Make sure the company's going to back it. That's a big thing too. Uh, last thing uh, uh, I was going to... One thing I want to yeah, go, go for. Yeah, go for it. Uh, when we talked about earlier about replacing a system, if that's going to fix it, there's, yeah. there's some new technology that can help. You know, we talked about that fan that's cycling. You know, if you got a, sp- a house that's got a lot of hot and cold spots, you know, there is that fan that can cycle the air and the staging that we talked about with Austin. You know, that might be something too that you want to look into. You know, ask, you know, the rep that comes out, the supervisor comes out. It's like, hey, tell me more about this system that can help. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to say it fixes it. Sure. Because I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, but definitely there's things. A lot of times we can do a little here, a little here, a little here, and that makes a big difference. Sure. Those little things add up. Yeah. That's something that we definitely want to take about. So don't discredit that, you know, there's some other things. Ductwork is definitely the biggest thing that's going to help, but there are some things that we can do to make it a little more comfortable. But ultimately, we don't want to just replace the system and be like, well, there's what it is. We want to take care of it and make sure that you're happy yeah. and, and your house is more comfortable. Yeah, for sure. And there were a few people on uh, on the conversations that I, were ha- I was having on TikTok. There were a few people that were making comments about, I've got a single room, you know, whether it's on a corner and it gets the most sun or whatever. If you're in a situation where you have a single room, I, I'm not against adding a window air conditioner, you know, just to kind of offset to help supplement and help your main system do the job of, of cooling uh, and keeping the home comfortable. I'm curious, anyone that's uh, listening or watching to this, if you're on a platform where it allows you to leave a comment, let me know down in the comments if you have any other tricks or tips that you do to uh, deal with a system that's like keeping your home not comfortable evenly uh you know let me down know down in the comments if there's some other things that you do so like richard said it it's not just like the ductwork is probably the 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 main issue but there are some other things that you can do there's there's little things so if your system is struggling to evenly cool your home um it doesn't have to be that way there's some things that you can do Um, and if you've exhausted all the little tricks and tips and it's still just not the way that you want it to, um, look, start looking for more information, start looking for, uh, an HVAC contractor, a certified HVAC technician or company that can come out and do this kind of thing. If you're in the Utah market, give any hour services a call. We can definitely send one of our technicians out there and call up with the express purpose of my system doesn't necessarily keep my home evenly cool 
and let the service technician know that that's what they're coming out there for so that they know that that they need to start investigating it and do those types of things. If you're not in Utah, search for, you can search for uh, Google HVAC or air conditioner contractor uh, and then start calling around to some of the companies. And um, any company that you have come out there though, if you say, hey, my system are, it, it doesn't seem to be evenly cooling my home. If they don't do the load calculations like Richard was talking about, or they're not like able to explain what they're uh, wanting to do to fix the situation and they go in and they're just looking for an opportunity and they immediately start trying to sell you that like, hey, a new system is what you need. And I'm not saying that you don't need a new system, but like maybe get a second opinion. Yeah. Don't just automatically think that like, oh, my system's old and that's why it's not working because if your old system wasn't cooling evenly, there's a really good chance that a brand new version of that is going to also not do what you're expecting to. And then once you've paid the money to put that new system in, like you got to wait 15, 20, <laughs> 25 years yeah. before you want to do it again. And by then you may have forgotten the, about this situation. That's what I think. I think people just get used to it. It's like, yeah, that's what I just gotten used to it now. It's like, it doesn't have to be that way. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening, Richard. Thanks for thanks being for on the show. Me. Appreciate you sharing your expertise and experience with us. Thanks again for everyone listening or watching the show. Really appreciate your time. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode of in the house. If you'd like to know more about any hour services, visit any I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to in the house.